This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right, here we go. Hey, what's up, Panther fans? This is Country Kev with a four-man rush. Coming to you again after a week 16 performance by the Carolina Panthers. With me tonight, as always, got Big Smooth coming in from the ATL. Down on South Beach, we got Will. So we'll be running a cover three tonight as we, uh, you know, we just chop it up here for another lackluster performance by this uh, team that we love called the Carolina Panthers. Um, Tom Brady and the crew, the defending Super Bowl champs, came to, came to Charlotte. Uh, they had several key players missing on both sides of the ball, so playing a lot of backups. They still was able to beat us by the score of 32-6, to six, um, pretty much – from beginning to the end, they dominated. Um, there was a chance where the game could have been interesting in the second quarter, but it just wasn't meant to be. Um, and I really, it's just really becoming more and more difficult to even find the words to describe when it comes to this 2021 team. I mean, we, we don't want to sound like we're regurgitating the same stuff every week, but we're seeing literally the same issues you know, weekly, no matter how much, you know, the coaches and coordinators talk about great week of practice, you know, everybody was looking good. For some reason, it just never translates over onto the field. Um, with me, you know, as always being at the game, uh, the crowd, <laughs> the crowd was very definitely entertaining. Um, you know, we'll get into, we'll get into that with the, uh, you know, a little bit later on with the discussion of what was, uh, how the players and coaches felt about the things the fans were saying in the stands, but stricter from a performance point, uh, Big Smooth, we'll start off with you, man. Um, you know, everybody loves to hear you comment because they know you're going to give it to us raw. So go ahead and uh, share what you want to share with us about this uh, latest performance by, by, by the team. Well, I don't have, I have anything to share. Um, first time in 19 years, I just decided – not to watch the product on the field. So I didn't watch the game. I didn't look at no highlights. I didn't keep up with it. Um, I've been killing myself all year long because I work overnight. So I get off. I work Saturday night. I get off Sunday morning. A lot of times I'm so excited to to watch this team play. I just stay up and watch it through the day. I'm here for the post game Sunday night. Like I, I literally stay up 24 hours to watch this team. And I decided not to do that. I got me a fresh, a full eight hours of sleep for the first time in months, and I enjoyed every second of it. So I don't have nothing to stress about. This team is absolutely garbage. Um, I stopped doing my O-line grades because I didn't see growth from anybody. I didn't see anything else that I could teach you guys as the fans. Everything that you need to know about that O-line has, has, so, uh, has been shown. So fuck this team. Um, I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of this organization as it currently stands. I don't like the owner. I don't like the coach. I don't like nobody making the decisions, and I can't stand the product being put on the field. I'm just, I'm just over it. And always, folks, giving it to you raw as he feels. When that man say it, when that man speak it, he definitely mean it. Uh, Will, from your perspective, um, you know, just give us your your overall analysis, and just and just you know, express a little bit like, like how this makes you feel as a fan as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing to have a losing season, but the Panthers at this stage has just become an unwatchable team. I mean, the game is not competitive by the third quarter. I mean, Blaine Gabbert's walking into the game several minutes left in the fourth quarter. Bucks got their starters on the bench. It's just a terrible product overall. I mean, we can't stop the run on defense. I mean, they had our way with us there. Still can't block anybody. You know, can't run the ball. Tom Brady had 11 yards rushing. Chuba and Amir had 10 yards rushing combined. Just think about that for a second. You know, I mean, we can't hit open receivers. Um, what else is it? It's just bad football, you know. And just a matter of time, you know, what's David Tepper going to do about it? Is he want to go through this again next year? How much can we improve in the offseason? But, hey, we got two more games left and we can – finally turn our focus to the offseason and see what they're going to do to try to rebound next year. Yeah, definitely this offseason is pretty much what I'm looking forward to. Um, I hate to say it, but, you know, like Big Smooth said, like the the passion and the fire to look forward to the team is pretty much gone. Um you know, y'all know me. I'm still going to be at the games because, you know, I like, you know, I haven't missed a home game since 2011. Um, even with COVID last year, um, I was still able to go to two games that they were able to allow us to go in. Um, you know, I, I just want to go there to enjoy, you know, my Panther family that I've, you know, made in the section that I sit in. Uh, you know, fans were just pretty much just doing, you know, we was, it's like we were watching a game, but we were also occupying ourselves with other things. You know, people talking about their fantasy football, what they got for Christmas. Like, you know, the fans that were there, they really was just, I guess, there because it was a unusually warm 75-degree day um, late December in um, in Charlotte. So people just wanted to get out um, and enjoy it. Uh, some people wanted to see the, you know, the fantasy Bowl champs come to town. Uh, for some people who were in town for the holidays, this was their – who were Panther fans who not from the area. This was their only chance to, you know, see the team play. I had several people hit me up saying that they were at the game for the first time, either in a long time or first time coming. So uh, I hate that you had to wait this long to see such a, uh, a piss poor performance. Um, you know, myself, I'll, I'll be at the last game week 18 at Tampa. I had a, made these plans a while back before I knew this team was just going to totally bomb out the rest of the season. Uh, for me, it's just a chance to be in 80 degree weather in January. Um, meet some people I haven't met before and, you know, just, just have me a, a 72 hour getaway basically. Uh, but at this point, you know, as far as regards to this team, um, I've stated several times on here on my, you know, on my Twitter page on my Twitter account, you know, it, you know, Big Smooth been right all along. I I want to take the time to make sure that I let Panther fans know that, you know, the issues that we're having, you know, Big Smooth started seeing them like late last year. And, and anybody that know me know I'm one of the more optimistic guys of the four-man rush. I always want to make sure that I'm within reason and logic, but the, the issues that's showing up now, you know, he been, he been spoke on it. You know, it's just the rest of us finally catching up. Um, when it comes to what's been done here. And we're talking about not just on the field, talking about from a, 
coaching standpoint, from an ownership standpoint, from a front office standpoint, uh, Big Smooth has definitely just, you know, he's spot on. He's like Steph Curry at the free throw line. He's like 90% <laughs> when it comes to, you know, foreshadowing or recognizing early what the issue is before it really manifests itself. So, um, you know, I just want to make sure that, uh, that, uh, that our fans are aware of that. Um, I mean, what else can we say about the game? I mean, 44-year-old Tom Brader had 11 yards on one carry, and that was more than – how many times have we – how much time have I running backs ran the ball? Let's see. Chuba Hubbard ran the ball six times. Amir Dula ran it eight times. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that pretty much explains it right there. Um, you know, for, you know, Matt Rule to fire – uh, Joe Brady kind of said he wasn't, you know, running the ball enough. I mean, we threw the ball 45 times to 15. I mean, really, so you got rid of the offense coordinator because he wasn't doing what you want to do, but the guy that you replaced him with is pretty much doing the same thing that you fired Joe Brady for because I'm not saying anything about this that shows that, you know, you're committed to this, you got this commitment to the run, you want to be this power run team and things like that. I'm, uh, I'm just not seeing it. Uh, you know, it's just baffling, you know, that, you know, so many times Matt rules say one thing, you know, and then show us something else. Um, as a fan, it's just, uh, it's just pretty, just pretty bitter to sit up here and, and continue to watch and try to, uh, support and, and explain things. Uh, it's, it's pretty much, like I said, the, the joy has been taken away. Um, Smooth on um, big smooth as far as looking forward. Um, you know, Will's talking about, you know, looking forward to offseason here. Um, is there any possible moves that you think, since you're pretty good at foreshadowing, that I'm not saying that we're going to do that could possibly help turn this team around, you think, or, or are we just in a shit situation and we just got to let time pass? Um, shit situation because uh, the priority should have always been the offensive line and we've neglected that. And now you find yourself in a position where, you know, one pick is not going to fix the offensive line plus all the other holes that we have on this team. So probably going to be another scenario that we don't like where there's a trade back to acquire picks and we pick a bunch of bullshit-ass players that don't make the fucking team, like long snappers and shit like that. So um, I need people to know that this, this issue that we have as a team is bigger than the coach, is bigger than the GM. There's a problem upstairs in the ownership office. This man wow this man waited two hours for Matt to show up to his house. They cooked some meatballs and some bullshit. So Tepper had no idea how a winning culture. I, I understand that once. If you don't establish a winning culture building all these fancy ass practice fields and bringing in this sports science team and we get hurt more than we got current last year and the year before that. Everything that he's doing is just ass backwards. Like to be honest with you, there was never a problem with our culture. We had a winning culture. We run a division three times. Of course we want to have back to back seasons with a five hundred better, but the culture was still established. We still had winners in the locker room. And what you did is you basically just deleted it. When it only needed to be rejuvenated, you brought in a whole new culture that has nothing to do with winning. Matt Rule don't know how. To, how do you? Why do you think Matt Rule don't know how to win on this level? 
In college, he couldn't even win you a bowl game. So what are we going to get out of this staff? It's nothing. The problem is upstairs with ownership. Y'all better just hope that he sell a team or he hires somebody and takes his foot off the gas and just becomes a hands-off type of owner. Because as long as we keep getting this Jerry Jones Jr. bullshit, we're going to be in the dumpster fire. So fuck this offseason. I got to see major changes to have faith in this team. And I'm a diehard fan. I got shit tatted on fucking no faith in this organization. Hey, can't say it much better than that, folks. Um, so, Will, let me um, flip this around a little bit here for you. Um, I'm on, I've been on record saying I think we have talent. I just think they're uninspired. Uh, just based on what you've noticed, because you're pretty good at you know spotting things on Twitter and things like that. Do you feel like the players have – or do you feel like they just checked out like like, – because it seems like the same players are doing the same – things every game, no matter how much is, quote, preached on. Like, do you think the players, uh, you know, just, you know, not hearing hearing rule? Or do you think that uh, – because uh, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like that is – we got we to gotta identify what the real disconnect is because this team is a lot more talented one than what it is. But for that reason, we just put on put out the same poor effort. Uh, just based on what you see and what you know, what how do you feel about that aspect of it? You know, I don't ever want to say a professional football player is quitting or not trying or not giving his all. I mean, they don't get to this level to loaf and not try. So it's hard for me to say, you know, this guy here is not putting in maximum effort week after week. He's not trying in practice. He's tanking. You know, them guys, they're going out there and they're working hard, I'm sure. You know, this is what it is. I mean, it's this coaching staff putting them in the possess best position to win. And are they – you know, do they believe in the system that they're running? I mean, you look on defense, I mean, we give up a big run play. I mean, you have, you know, Brian Burns, you know, congratulations for making the Pro Bowl, but he gets sealed off the edge by Gronkowski. You have a poor tackle and effort by C.J. Henderson diving at legs. Uh, Justin Burris makes a terrible angle, makes a poor tackle and effort. You know, he gets benched for the rest of the game. Then you see Miles Hartsfield not able to get off a block. You know, in the get up a 51-yard touchdown run. So, I mean, you see guys, you know, where's the fundamental, fundamentally sound football? Where's the guys flying to the ball, trying to make a play, just doing their jobs? So, I mean, you know, it's just plays like that. I just think it's kind of where we're at right now uh, with this team. I mean, offensively, I mean, it's just a total disaster. I mean, six, six points, can't move the ball running, can't throw the ball. I mean, the circus at quarterback, I mean, I don't know what your plan is there. We got Sam Darnold comes in the game, throws a 62-yard pass. Very next play, Cam Newton comes in, you know, kills the momentum of that drive. You know, two plays go nowhere. Then he puts Darnold back in on third down, and he gets set. So, I mean, how's a quarterback supposed to get into a rhythm, you know, in this offense? I mean, I'm not going to talk about who – I mean, I think Darnold's probably going to be the starter the next two games, just kind of the vibe I'm getting from Matt Rule in his interviews. But I just think whoever's the starter, he needs to just be on the field, get in the rhythm, and let us see what we have in these guys so we can make these important offseason decisions. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is at this point. I mean, they're not going to get any better. I mean, I think this Saints game upcoming might be winnable, but they're tough to beat in the Dome. 
But I mean, I think we're just looking at a five and twelve season. I mean, top five draft pick, and we'll just have to see what direction they go this off season. Yeah, definitely well said. Um, I agree completely with what both of you guys said. Um, you know what? We we decided before we came on, you know, it's really not too much anything new that we can say or haven't said about this team. So we want to make it all about our fans. So just going to scroll through here and, um, uh, you know, let you fans, you know, express yourselves. And we'll uh, definitely answer your questions here. Start from the top um, here. Stephen Kyle Belt saying what it do. Uh, this was definitely a lot of conversation today. Uh, Anthony Miguel Badila, he said, I think Rule Z got 90, got more than 99 problems. Um, you know, unless you haven't been on social media today, pretty much uh, Matt Rule had the audacity to uh, say that um, it took Jay-Z seven years before he had sustained success until he made it. Um, this, of course, sparked a... <laughs> Spark the, uh, the the social media world to really have fun with this, uh, in particular me. Um, you know, I, like I, I couldn't get the the correlation. Like, who the hell wants to wait seven years? Like, I understand you got a seven year contract, but we we need to see success way before them seven years. You know, year three has always been your your big turnaround year per se, where there's a a winning record and there's, you know, playing as a contender, but like Big Smooth already said, you know, you ain't won no bowl games. You haven't won the, the big things. You just had a, a, a winning record. So um, real quick, fellas, if y'all want to <laughs> speak on this, what you think about, um, start with you, Smooth. I mean, we all big music heads or whatever, but uh, <laughs> what was your reaction when you heard this Jay-Z con um, comment by Rue? I mean, I just, <clears throat> I don't think, I mean, out came out <laughs> Jay Z out seven years, so for the bullshit. Um, that was actually he was preparing more. He have some adjustment, make play by play adjustment. He can't for shit else, but he know how to make comments about hip hop just to grab our attention and make us believe in him. It's over with. I knew his seat was warm when you fired Joe Brady. Because clearly, that firing didn't improve this roster. I mean, they, the rumor is that he's going to be around next year, but hey, I, I, he already lost me. So I know he's lost some guys in the locker room. I know he's lost a lot of his fan base. So I guess we're just going to go through the motions next year. But in regards to that, Jay's bullshit, I don't want to hear nothing else from him. I don't want to watch another rule press. I don't want to watch another snap with the head coach. I'm sorry, pessimistic. I don't like what All right, and there it is, folks. Uh, Jay Prate, what's going on? Salute to the four man rush. We appreciate it. Uh, you also chimed in about the Jay Z rule. Think he's a Jay Z now. LOL. Crazy. Indeed. Uh, BTS mega fan. Uh, I think he's saying we need to get a new head coach because Matt Rule sucks. Keep Cam and CMC. I actually agree with that. Um, 
But it does it does look like Matt Rule is going to be around at least one more year for the 2022 season. Um, you know, with this whole Sam Donald fifth year option thing, $18 million. I mean, it's going to be put in without limited salary cap. It's going to be real uh interesting to see if there's an effort or a desire to re-sign to Cam Newton or even bring in another quarterback, how they're gonna find the money to do it because uh whoever comes in, I'm sure they're gonna want to make more than the $18 million that uh, Sam Donald's going to be, that, that Sam Donald's fifth-year option is going to be playing. So that's definitely going to be a factor. Uh, Jay Prey again, I was at the game too. We had no energy at all. Yeah, man. Like I said, I, I, the most energy came when we were chanting fire, uh, fire Matt Rule and when we was booing Sam Donald. That was probably the most energy throughout the game. Uh, one of our day ones here. Uh, John uh, Brayboy, so disgusted with this shit. Rule should have been fired as soon as JC reference concluded. <laughs> hey, I'm all for anything getting uh, Matt Rule fired and up out of here, John. So I definitely feel you on that. Uh, let's see here. Coach Rule is the worst. Ah, here we go. Um, Will, you can if you want to speak on this one for all the talk about our O line. What you guys think about how our defense has regressed? Um, have they really regressed or are they just playing better offenses? I mean, we were the number one defense in the league and more power to them, but they beat the Jets. They beat the Tech with uh, rookie Zach Wilson. They beat the Saints with, you know, erratic Jameis Winston and their whole entire offensive staff had COVID basically that game. They beat the Texans with uh, Davis Mills. You know, finally played the Cowboys in a real offense. They gassed us, you know, destroyed us pretty, beat us up pretty good. I mean, and so, I mean, I don't know if this is really uh, an elite defense like we had originally thought after that first, you know, three or four games. I think, you know, they don't force a lot of turnovers. They don't get takeaways. I mean, they, you know, they're not sound against the run. I mean, they've done well against the pass. But, I mean, when you run, can run the ball like you can against this team, you know, why, you know, why would you have a lot of pass attempts when you play this team? You know, they're um, – high penalties. I mean, how many neutral zone infractions have we seen from defensive linemen, you know, Derek Brown included? Uh, they think just they have a good pass rush. I'll give them that. You know, I like what we've seen from Hassan Reddick this year and Brian Burns, but at the same time, where's the interior pass rush? We're not getting a lot of production from those guys at all. And then on the coverage end, I think we're banged up in the secondary. You know, lost Dante Jackson, uh, Melvin at COVID, you know, Gilmore got hurt. So now we're down to playing the young guys. CJ Henderson is still adapting. Keith Taylor kind of hit his rookie wall. He's been struggling uh, tremendously the past few weeks. So, you know, safety position is still a major question mark, you know. So they got a little bit of rotation going there. I think Kenny Robinson got to play yesterday a lot after Justin Burris got bent. So, I think the defense, we just kind of got, you know, they just kind of revealed their true colors, and we kind of found what they are. They're a very good defense. I think they're promising. We still have a lot of needs on that side of the ball. I don't think it's a finished product by any means. They're still very young, luckily, so I think they will continue to improve. But, you know, they're talking about top five, top ten defense. I'm not ready to go that far yet, you know, because whenever they've played, you know, capable offenses that can fight back, they haven't really been up to the challenge. 
Yeah, ain't that the truth? Def, definitely. Um, yeah, when we play the big boys, uh, we get we get exposed for what we really are. It's pretty much all there is to it. Another one on day ones. Uh, Miss Adrian Fox said, "Hey guys." Uh, Again, Jay Prey on the field. We look like we're the worst team in the NFL. Don't fight it all. Yeah, we said that. I think, well, I think you said it's crazy. We're the worst team in the NFL, but we won't get the number one overall pick. <laughs> that definitely, uh, that definitely, uh, seems fitting. Um, I mean, honestly, they got the Texans won two straight games. The Lions, I mean, they're playing hard. They won a couple games or strung some wins together. Uh, Jacksonville might have an argument for our title as the worst team in the league. But, I mean, they beat Buffalo 9-6. When we got lost to Buffalo by three scores. So, I mean, I think we got a strong case for that uh, title right now. Jets just won this past week, I think. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, we're definitely capable of losing to anybody right now. And that's just that's just the status of what it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, question here from Adrian Fox. Did anyone get a chance to look at the interview after the game with the players and Matt Rule? Uh, yeah, definitely. I did. Um, you know, the players, you, you can tell they're searching for answers. Um, again, as you stated, uh, Will, I don't think they've quit, but I definitely think they're just playing frustrated, uninspired, um, uh, you know, football, you know, it seems like once the, Steam, once the uh, momentum for the team gets going, we just really don't seem to f feel confident that we have a way to slow it down, and we just try to hang on the best we can until the time runs out. That as that that's just how it feels to me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, anything come out of Matt Rue's mouth, I'm I'm looking at with a side eye. So it's just definitely something I'm just not. Uh, I'm just not feeling what what he has to say because he, he either says one thing and does another. Or what he says is just some straight up bullshit. Like we're stupid. Like we, like we don't have enough football IQ to see what see what the deal actually is. So um, that's that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Um, John Brabo said, "Can you blame them? Week after week, they played their ass off and got no help from the offense." Speaking about the defense, yeah, I definitely can agree on that. Huh. Is it normal for a team to have three quarterbacks and still not win a game? Um, no, it's not normal. It has happened. Um, if you follow in the division, you know, when the uh, Atlanta Falcons played uh, New England Patriots a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, they played all three of their quarterbacks and didn't score a point. So, um, so yeah, it's not normal, but it has happened. I mean, look at the New Orleans Saints, our uh, next opponent. They've had Jameis Winston. They've had uh, Taysom Hill. They've had uh, Trevor Simeon. They started Ian Book tonight. I mean, they're 7-7 seven and seven and right in the mix for a playoff spot. So they're just better coach team than we are. Right. And always, uh, Mr. Cage, uh, Mr. Luke Cage, thank you for your uh, contribution again on uh, through the Super Chats, I believe, Will. Um he states here, the, the longer rule stays and fail, the more damage the team got to climb out of. How can you trust a coach that contradicts himself uh, consistently? Uh, Big Smooth, I know you say you're kind of tired of talking about rule or anything like that, but uh, uh, do you feel like that um, we're just digging ourselves in a deeper, deeper situation? Um, or is it just already bad and we just got to ride it out? The longer he, the situation will be, 
I identifies with the answer at the end of uh, this whole Matt Rule thing. Looking at off moves he made his personnel, you can just look at the game itself. Do you see any improvement from him at all? Do you see him get better at retaining timeouts, game management, clock management, making uh, end-of-quarter adjustments, halftime adjustments? The only coaches he's beat are other college coaches, like Cliff, King, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. And that was our most decisive win. But when it came to guys like NFL coaches, every single week, there's no growth as a personnel decisions as a zero growth. He doesn't know how to help the offensive line build continuity. Rotate guys out of position that don't have to rotate it. We had growth going on. As soon as one of his guys get healthy, he mixes it up. Like everything that he's everything that he's done has had a cancer to this organization. Every single thing. All right, this next question. Do you think CMC would be traded? I'm going to answer that. No, I do not, uh, simply because um, of his contract. Uh, his extension actually starts next year. I don't think he gets traded. Uh, if so, do you hope he gets traded to another team, or do you want him to stay? Um, I want definitely want him to stay. Um, he's easily our best offensive weapon. Why do we want to get rid of our best offensive weapon when we're already struggling mightily offensively? Uh, that's just me. I think we all can agree. Rue's press conference yesterday was abysmal. Definitely was. Uh, Cage Luke. Mister says, I was right in 2020, but everybody told me I was negative and I don't know football. I know leadership and I know business. This has been BS. Uh, you know, from your mouth to God's ears. Um, you won't get no argument out of me on that one. Uh, here's something I like to talk about a little bit. Uh, only 28 million in cap space with too many free agents to count on my hand and one draft pick in the top 100. Yeah, that's definitely, um, yeah, that's definitely I saw here. I actually was able to pull this up. I'm gonna share this with you guys real quick. If you don't mind, just take a quick look here. Yeah, so just to show you guys what was being spoken on here, uh, this is the projected. Um, this is by Spot Track, by the way. Um, SpotTrack.com is the source for this information. Uh, switched it to the 2022 salary cap um, here, and over here on the far right hand side, as you see, uh, again, this is the adjusted salary cap, uh, 212 million dollars. Current active contracts, 177.4 million. As of right now, and we know this is subject to go up depending on what moves we make. We only have seven million dollars in dead cap, which is great because the last two years it's been like 40 and 50 million, um, respectively. Uh, we got about 4.7 million dollars that's left on this year that we can roll over. Um, estimated cap space is the uh. $28.4 million that Anthony just uh, just mentioned. 
So just again, showing you guys a little bit of the um, insight here. Uh, speculated market value contracts, Hassan Reddick, 15.4 million. Uh, Stephen Gilmore, 14.2 million. Um, you know, we got 25 players that's going to be free agents. So just to, you know, just kind of you guys a little uh, insight here on that. Um, damn, let me go back. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, and just showing where a lot of the money is going. I know a lot of you fans ask us about the money uh, aspect of it. Uh, Taylor Moten's extension kicks in next year. Uh, 19.2 million dollar cap hit. Uh, Sam Donald, 18.8 fifth year option. Shaq Thompson, 18.2. Robbie Anderson, 16.8. Christian McCaffrey, you know, for everybody grumbling complaining, 14.3. Uh, DJ Moore's, I believe this would be his fifth year option, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 11.1. Um, so, uh, oh, and this would be fun. Matt Paradis won't even have a contract, but because it was a voided year on a um, on a restructure, you're going to count $8.2 million, and he's not even going to be on the team next year, more than likely. Uh, so, that's just fun. Pat Fline and Cam Irvin. Seven and six point five million dollars respectively. So, again, this is this when when you ask why we can't have money to sign players, you know, this is just some insight for you fans to know exactly why. You know, again, SpotTrack.com's sources information. Uh, again, just wanted to share that uh, with you guys. Um, go to the next question here. Uh, well, I think you mentioned here has to get more injury change. Y'all opinion on whether you want Dante or Gilly. Um, you know, what you how, what's your preference? I mean, look at our cornerback room now. I mean, JC Horn's coming back. You got uh CJ Henderson, Keith Taylor, AJ Boye's coming back, uh Troy Pride getting healthy. So you gotta got a lot on got a lot of guys on rookie contracts still. So I think you have a little bit of wiggle room to pay. One of those two. I can't imagine bringing them both back. I think it's overkill. Um Especially when you have one draft pick in the top 100, you know, you need a lot of offensive line talent with little cap space. Why are we going to pay, you know, high cornerback contracts with other needs on the roster and very little draft capital to address those needs? So I think one of them will walk. Um, I mean, do you want to go with youth or do you want to go with the proven guy? Um, does Gilmore even want to be here next year? I mean, I know he's saying all the right things. He's home. His wife likes it here. But, I mean, at his age, is the, the urge to compete for a championship going to overtake, you know, the urge to want to just be close to home? You know, and I don't think we'll be in a position to be competing for anything next year. So that'll be a big decision on his part. Uh, Dante, I just think from his traits, his playmaking ability, he'll have a market as well. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we lose both of them. I wouldn't be surprised if we sign one of them. But I don't think bringing both back just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely doesn't, um, even though I like both of them. Uh, no, we don't do politics here like that. We'll skip that one. Uh, they definitely don't believe in the rule, not playing for him. I just know they don't like that two QB bullshit. 
Um, I'm not a fan of it either. Uh, I think Will mentioned earlier, you know, it was hard for a quarterback to get in any type of rhythm, you know, with this rotation of quarterbacks. Like, like I don't think any other team in the NFL is doing this but us. So, uh, you know, Matt Rule, time I like both quarterbacks and using them, you think it works. Uh, you know, just more bullshit that's spewing from his mouth. Uh, says Smooth, audio is acting up. Okay, Smooth, they sends. Uh, seem to have some audio issues. I didn't hear on my end, but uh, just to let you know. Hashtags and rule back to school. I agree. Uh, Zach Perkins, thoughts on the Sam Donald situation and way we got to get out of that contract. Uh, Zach, more than likely, we're going to have to eat that contract. Um, unless there's a sucker out there that's willing to take it. Uh, you know, I started thinking while I was at the game, maybe that's why uh, maybe that's why Rule is wanting to play Donner to see if he can show enough proven to get any type of interest. Uh, that is something I, I thought as maybe a possibility, but I don't know. Um, you know, Matt Rule seemed to be pretty stubborn. I think he'll try to do everything he can to put Sam in a position to possibly be the starter quarterback again next year. Um, since, like I said, traded and gave up so much for it. Um, but who knows? Who, who knows what this uh, how this offseason is going to go? Uh, let's see. Uh, John Brable, we already covered this, um, so sorry I missed it. Uh, guys, how we dig ourselves out of this mess with limited draft picks is it even possible in the near future. Honestly, I think what's happened this year probably doesn't set us back at least two or three years. That's my own opinion. I don't know how the guys feel. Uh, real quickly, uh, Big Smooth and Will, uh, how far back you feel like what's took place this year has set us? I'm saying about two to three years myself. I mean, let's see. I mean, I think I'll say maybe uh, two years at most. Um, you know, the question is where are we going to pick? I mean, right now we're picking at six. I don't like to get into that, you know, tank for whoever thing because every time we start, you know, on the tank bandwagon, the Panthers win a game, you know, maybe they beat the Bucks backups or maybe they beat the Saints who are playing Ian Book at quarterback. So, I mean, for all we know, we may end up winning a game and we won't have a top five pick <laughs> like we're expecting to. We just have to wait to see how that plays out. Um, I mean, in the draft, do you recoup some of those day two, day three picks and trade back? You know, but I think that this isn't really a good year for to trade back because, one, there's not really a blue trick QB prospect that another team will say, oh, man, we have to go get that guy. We'll give you – a first next year, we'll give you our first this year and a couple day two picks this year as well. You know, like the uh, 49ers gave up to move up and get Trey Lance. You know, who's going to give that up this year when there's no, you know, top tier blue chip quarterback prospects, you know, that anyone's going to want? And they're going to trade up for a cornerback or an offensive tackle. And if so, what would they be willing to give up then? And then on top of that, I mean, teams like the Giants and Jets, they have two top 10 picks each. I'm sure one of those teams are kind of want to trade back as well, at least with one of those picks. So that's going to further water down all the offers we're going to get to try to trade back and recoup some of those picks. So I, mean, I think a lot depends on where we end up in the draft and whether if we're top five, you know, maybe that's a more premium pick where we can trade back and recoup some of that. But you know, we'll have to see what happens. Or do we just take a blue chip player like an Evan Neal or a Kyle Hamilton and 
you know, turn in the card, take your player and call it a night. As far as cap space, I think you'll have some cap casualties. You know, do you restructure Shaq Thompson? You know, if you still want him here, do you, you know, I mean, I'm not sure about the cap hits for a lot of other players, but you'd always have flexibility and options with salary caps. I wouldn't get too caught up in that. When you look at teams like the Saints, I mean, I think they're $60 million uh, over the cap, but they always find a way to bring in new players and restructure guys to stay under the limit. So Samir Suleiman is going to have to work his magic. But I'm more worried about the draft capital definitely than the salary cap. I think if they want players, they'll bring them in. We'll just have to figure out what we do on draft day. All right, moving on here. Try to uh, get everybody's here. Grind it down. Longtime friend Chaka Smith, aka True Historian. He said, "Jay Z, yeah, I know, man. That, <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the the memes that came out after that were pretty funny, though. Um, Rule Z and all that other stuff. Yeah, that was that was definitely comical." Uh, Damien Felder, Matt Rule seemed like a guy who feels like he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, he comes across as a smooth talking, you know, used car salesman to me now. Um, I didn't believe that at first. Had others mention it, like I said, Big Smooth been been on it since last year. So, um, I'll take my crow on, on Matt Rule because I definitely, uh, once he was the choice, I supported him, but uh, I'm, I'm done with him. I have. I have nothing. There's he gives me nothing to root for him about. To be honest, I think he's a great man. I think he's probably a great man, a uh, good college football coach. But uh, yeah, nah, I definitely want him out of Charlotte as soon as possible. Uh, let's see, Cowboys scored more versus Washington than we have all of December. Yeah, I, you know what? I actually looked that up after the score of the game because I think Wash uh, Dallas scored. Uh, I think it was final score was 56-14. Yeah, and that's more than we've scored all this damn month, which is, you know, that's just had enough right there. All right, we got Alston uh, Bruder here. Excuse me if I messed it up. It says, I saw PNP rated Christian pretty well this week. What do y'all think? He looked good to me outside a couple of plays. Um, normally I'll, I'll flip this over to Big Smooth. I mean, if you want to speak on it, he can. Um, I know you said you got your eight hours of sleep, so you didn't watch the game. Um, Kristen played solid for the most part. Then the bottom kind of fell out towards the end of the game. Um, that was my personal observation of Kristen, but I definitely feel like that he's uh, deserves a chance to they should compete for strictly just left tackle. Moving forward now, am I saying that I think that he's the franchise guy left talking, left tackle? No, I do not. Uh, but I definitely feel like he's played show well enough to where he should. That should be the spot that he should be uh, get trying trying to get earn his reps at is that left tackle. Um, you know, maybe left guard in certain situations, but uh, definitely more left uh, tackle than anything. Um, personally, I'm a fan of Michael Jordan. Maybe coming back to solidify that left guard with a full off season, but that's just me. Uh, another one of our longtime fans, Bill Spires. Hey guys, a little late. Happy New Year! Thanks, Bill. Question: How many O line guys will we need this off season? 
five slots. How many new ones do y'all think? Uh, big smooth. You know, O line is our thing. Um, you want to answer this for Bill? What? What? Give your own personal assessment about the. Uh, what you think we need to do offensive line wise coming up? You, you asked me a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Spires, he had a question. He said, how many O-line guys will we need this offseason? Uh, he said, five slots. How many do you think we need? Um, I was going to say, I know you didn't watch the game yesterday, but just as as you said, watching the O-line um, unit as a whole, like what what you think? <clears throat> Got to address the center position. Only only guys I'm interested in bringing back, period, are uh, probably just Taylor Moten and – and Michael Jordan, I think uh, Cam Irvin and Pat Elfline are under contract. I don't view them as starters at all. So I think you got to address a guard position, a center position, and a tackle position, to be honest with you. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there. All right, another comment from Damon. Rule talks about patience, but this regime was impatient at the most important this on the team quarterback. I agree. So quick to get rid of our bridge QB and Teddy Bridgewater. Tuh, yeah, I definitely agree. And replacing with a worse quarterback and Donald by giving up valuable draft capital. Damon, you it's like you you've been in our four-man rush uh, chat um chat that we do. Uh we we are we're pretty much all in agreement with literally word for word what you just said there. Um definitely was rushed. Uh you can make an argument, should have Instead of paying out this money for these quarterbacks, we should have just re-signed Cam from the beginning. Uh, even if we didn't, um, I think we definitely should have let Teddy play out his uh, three-year contract. Um, it was team-friendly. Um, so, yeah, total total agreement with you there. Uh, Zach Perkins, let both walk in my, in my opinion. I think he's talking about cornerbacks. Zach, if you are, I'm thinking um, you're talking about uh, Dante and Gilmore. Hey, it could happen. I mean, like I said, our our money real funny right now, and unfortunately, um, it's not fun to laugh at. Uh, he also says, completely agree. We won't be happy until 2023 at best unless we trade back and hit on damn near every pick. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, Meech, go get Colin Kaepernick, compete with Sam, LOL. Uh, no. And I'm going to leave that there. Last one here, Julie, uh, forgive me, is it pronounced Gooey? Gooey, um, agree, done with Matt. Yeah, definitely done with Matt Rule. Um, you won't find anybody in a four-man rush that's saying, uh, give this guy one more year. But it looks like all signs are pointing that he stays. So only thing I think that possibly could maybe change Shepard's mind is if uh, we get another 20-point beaten you know, in New Orleans and at Tampa, that's really embarrassed because I don't know if you guys know, but we got flexed into the uh, 425 time slot on Saturday. So we're kind of in a prime time game spot. So, yeah, all lives going to be on us. I don't know what caused them to do that. Um, I don't know if because the Saints are chasing in the wild card and a win against us, uh, if they win against us, that would help uh, get them in the wild card race. I don't know. It's, you know, was it a Jay Z comment? Everybody want to see uh, Skip Bayless calling us a clown show. You know, I mean, 
whatever whatever their logic for uh, flexing the game into uh, into uh, from one o'clock to four o'clock, uh, four four twenty weather is very uh, interesting to me. But hey, it is what it is, and we'll be there for it. Um, John Kalashaw, uh, if a franchise left tackle center is available for our first round pick, do we choose him or trade back for more picks? Um, again, this is something we didn't discuss in the four man rush chat. Uh, me personally, and I let Will and um, I, and this whole line question, like uh, Big Smooth, you can chime in this if you want to. Um, if a franchise left tackle center is available, uh, do we choose him? Um, I say yes, um, primarily because Will, you've been said. It doesn't matter if we choose a quarterback or offensive tackle. It's not going to solve our problems. We're not just one top five player pick away from turning things around. So uh, me personally, I like the uh, center out of Iowa. Um, I definitely think he would be a great, great piece to uh, rebuild our offensive line with. Um, uh, Lindenbaum, I think his name is uh, – I think that's his name. i come off the top of my head. Um but uh, Will, then Smooth, y'all want to tackle this real quickly? I know it's talking about um, if uh, one of those blue chip linemen sitting there where we pick at, grab them or trade back? I think when you're as bad as the Panthers are, you take the best player available. I think um, it would be nice to get a blue chip left tackle. I think right now Evan Neal is probably the guy a lot of people are thinking is worth a top ten pick. But I think you just have to adjust your expectations as well. One rookie left tackle is not going to come in and, you know, solve our offensive line problems in 2022. I mean, I don't – I mean, I, I know uh, Neil is working with Big Duke, uh, Duke Miniweather, as well as uh, Charles Cross is as well. But, you know, I mean, we'll get into the film later this spring. But to me, I don't – I think they're more athlete than technician like we saw last year with Panay Sewell. And Rashawn Slater. So the question is, you know, what's their technique like? Are they going to be able to – are they plug-and-play starters? They're going to come in and play as well as Slater and Sewell did this year? Or are they going to be more of the Andrew Thomas types that maybe need a year to get um, developed under their belt? We know we don't have the greatest O-line coach who's good at developing guys. So how's that going to affect their growth and how quickly they're able to transition into starting roles on the team? So – I think it's still a lot of question marks. It'd be nice to get a blue chip player. I think at five, you got to take BPA, no matter who it is in the top five. I just don't believe in reaching for need at that spot. But, you know, I'd love to have a Evan Neal or somebody like that on the team. But I just think fans, as fans, we have to adjust our expectations and realize just because we draft a kid, you know, at five who might be a franchise left tackle, he's not going to solve. He's not going to put on a Superman cape. Uh, swoop in and you know resolve our entire offensive line issues one he may need some time to develop transition into a starting role two there's two three other needs on the line that we badly need to address and three where's the cohesiveness they're going to need a year or two to play together and develop that chemistry so i just think it's going to be a working process it may take one or two years to fix that unit Oh, anything you want to add to that smooth, big smooth? I mean, by me adding something, it sounds like I would be beating a dead horse, but uh, oh. we never address uh, the offensive line on day one. <laughs> um, we never draft blue chip guys, so 
the result that has made me so frustrated throughout this season and what you guys see every Sunday is result of not addressing the offensive line on day one. So we're in the pickle because we only have one top 100 pick. I guess for the team's sake, you want to trade back and acquire more picks, but we still don't have a day. We don't have a blue chip guy. So, I mean, depends on who's on the board. If Evan Neal is there, you know, I'm drafting him. Well, if Cross is there, I'm drafting him day one, regardless of where we at in the first round. But if I got to trade back and acquire picks, I'm hoping to get a second or third round pick so I can get somebody like Jamari Sellier from Georgia. You know, regardless, we got to address this offensive line on day no later than day two. So I don't know how they're going to figure it out. If they don't address the offensive line no later than day two, I won't be watching next year. That's just, there's no point in me putting my through to put myself through this anymore. Like, this is like suicide watching this football team every Sunday. You got to be chaotic to keep watching this product. I'm, I'm done with it. Said it's only way Big Smooth can. All right, back to you, Bill Spires. Okay, here's my negative question. I noticed on Sunday when at the game, the Panthers sideline uses cardboard signs like college. Do you ever remember other NFL teams using stupid signs to signal stuff into the game? Next up will be pictures of Spaghetti and Scooby-Doo. Um, actually, to be honest with you, Bill, that's a great point. Um, I actually have not noticed that. Um, like I say, as the season has worn on, my, my care has dwindled for detail. Uh, I don't know you know, in watching other games, if y'all seen other teams do this, I definitely see this a lot in college. Um, again, uh, Will, if you want to chime in this, like I know you watch a lot of different games. Have you ever seen um, uh, NFL teams using the um, the college signs to signal uh, into the game? Yeah, I saw one team doing it yesterday. I think some teams may just do it as a distraction because you know how Bill Belichick likes to steal signals and things like that. So, uh, I haven't no, I haven't paid attention to that though. It's a good point he brought up. I have to pay more attention on other teams' sidelines, but I did see somebody doing it yesterday in one of the afternoon games. Okay, so um, it might not be as uncommon as we think, but again, we haven't paid attention. So uh, thanks, Bill. That's something we'll definitely keep our eye out on. All right. Well, we're at the uh, fifty-five minute mark and got through all the questions. Um, again, want to thank each and every last one of you again for, uh, you know, you know, joining in here with us on a four man rush. I know this season has been easy. Uh, I know a lot of you, you know, that I recognize through social media on your accounts have engaged in many, uh, diverse conversations about this team, what's going on. Um, trust me, we know it's not easy because it's not easy for us to, you know, try to put out, you know, content that we haven't already you know, slice and dice up so many ways. You know, there's only so many ways you can, you know, cook chicken. You know what I'm saying? That's how it is about this team. It's just the way they play and repeatedly is just only so much we can discuss. So we appreciate you guys uh, sticking through us as we walk through this mud and moke. Um, final wrap up here, guys. Uh, big smooth, Will. Any, uh, any closing comments or statements that you have? Nope, this is torture. Keep pounding. Yeah, I got much to say. I mean, just, you know, hang out, ride with us for these last two weeks, and hopefully we'll get to kick in the gear, start up the draft content, have something more exciting to talk about at the close of the season, maybe even a new coaching search. 
All right. And with that being said, on behalf of everybody with the uh, four man rush, uh, again, want to thank uh, Big Smooth and um, Will for taking time out their business schedules to, uh, to you know, um, share their uh, thoughts and their insights here. As always, I'm Country Kev. Make sure you keep guys follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, definitely check out our Instagram page, uh, which is ran by Big Smooth. So, you know, I know a lot of you guys are a fan of Big Smooth and his <laughs> his commentary. So definitely you can um, uh, follow us on our Four Man Rush IG page that uh, that he runs um, directly himself. Uh, as y'all know, uh, Wields um, the uh, Four Man Rush on the um, on our Twitter account, and um, you know I primarily do the uh, Facebook account, uh, but we all have access. But anyway. Uh, just thank you, everyone, for supporting the Four Man Rush. Uh, we'll catch you guys out there in social media land. Um, until the next time, y'all take care. What a rush.